Hi! Oh my god. Welcome to Christie's Comedy Pod. It's late at night. I almost... It's like a... It's very late, and I almost would have not done the podcast today, but I promised myself that I would do it every single day. So, um... I'm doing it, and it's fine. I have plenty of energy. It's it's fine. I'm at the Trump supporter's house. We just spent time together. He went to sleep, and I just came out here. Um, if you don't know what the Trump supporter... Like, I've talked about him two podcasts ago or something. Basically, it's this guy who... I do... I go on this app where you get paid to go on dates... And usually I hate the people and it's like really difficult, but, um, I met this guy who he's a Trump supporter, but look, we don't know what's going on anymore with, after the pandemic. And also he's amazing, like straight up, like literally like you don't even understand. And I've talked about it in detail. He like, but it's funny. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's just how it is, man. When you're in Texas and you meet a guy who's literally perfect, he's going to be a Trump supporter. That's just how it is. But, um, he's sweet. Like, there's no, he doesn't ever say anything hateful. Um, but it's crazy. Like, he has so many women in his life, like his mom type of stuff. Like, so many f- familial people, women, a girl dog, like people's daughters and stuff. And he treats them so well. That always says a lot. Like, when, you know, he goes and, like, thinks about... He, like, buys really thoughtful gifts for his mom and stuff. Like, that is a huge thing. The way a guy treats his mom and, like, those long-term kind of women in his life is the way that he might treat his wife. You know, so it's it's really cool when he's able to give so much... Like, he's he's able to give so much wholesome love, like, just example after example of, like, woman that he brings up, it's really cool, and, um, he's beautiful, and, like, it's cute, you know, so, fuck yeah, man, and he just, like, gave me a proposition of, like, a longer-term relationship, when the relationships get more long-term propositioned, it becomes, like, a real housewife, like, the difference between a sugar baby and a just woman who refuses to work, like a housewife, there's not a really, a di- especially like once it gets down to like after a while, it's like, no, now I'm just a person who like we met this um, girl yesterday who was a beautiful, perfect uh, housewife, young, beautiful housewife married for 10 years, uh, says like, oh, I keep the marriage alive by having sex with him every single day. And she didn't say that in a, she was very classy. Guess what? She doesn't work. This is a sugar baby. She's just having sex with this guy and he's supporting her. Look, I don't hate. I'm just saying that, (laughs) um, especially when there's real, like this guy is not gross at all so he's like (laughs) i'd put him in the top of austin i'd like the city that i'm in i'd put him in the top i mean he's it's crazy 
I wonder if people can hear me. I'm, like, yelling in my car. Okay. I'm just saying, like, what's going on. Um, yesterday I did five... I got on stage five times doing stand-up comedy. And I did really well. Like, I have really great, um, jokes. Like, like better than normal. Like, I'm, like, really getting into the, into this, um pocket of making great jokes that are like legendary so it feels exciting um I was at this uh there's this one show I was at Kill Tony right Kill Tony there's this it's just like kind of this one comedy show where um it has such great like famous comedians in it and stuff and such amazing people and there's an after party where everyone hangs out for hours. So you feel this uh, pressure, kind of, to hang out. Oh my god. <laughs> to, like, hang out, be there. Um, and that's, like, a tough thing. Because I'm a type A person, you know, working, working, working. Getting shit done, walking from here to here, driving... For me to, and, and I'm kind of, like, dealing with, like, you know, I don't want to be out, I'm not, I don't want to get fucked up, I don't want to be out drinking, I don't know, I'm, like, dealing with a lot, you know, becoming a comedian, like, dealing with all these psychological things, and to just stop and try to hang out and be, have a lot of pressure to be as cool as possible for, for, like, three, four hours is always a lot, like, I always... At, on Monday nights, which is what it was, right? These after parties are the most pressure I ever feel of like alcoholism of just like, oh, I need, I need something to like, just because we're just literally sitting around trying to be cool. Like we're, we're all just like standing around trying to be the coolest person ever partying. Um... And, you know, it's been months of doing this, so, like, there's been all sorts of waves. Like, now I, usually I just kind of take a hit of weed to, to chill myself out, um, so that I'm not so, like, anxious. And, uh, yeah, anyways. I took one hit of weed, right? At this, uh, the beginning, I go upstairs, I take one hit of weed, it was strong weight, I guess, because I took a very small hit. Like, I remember I exhaled most of it before I even, like, uh, sucked it in. I took a very small hit of weed. And uh, when it started to hit me, I was like, oh, boy. So just to let you know, like, I'm not someone who, in high school and college, I was great with weed. I did it all the time. It was amazing. And then I'm one of those people who like, aged out of it, like, at some point, it started to make me feel anxious, and then it was just, like, an uncontrollable anxiety, and, um, then it became just absolutely unacceptable, like, I just couldn't even do it anymore, um, and now I'm working on it, like, you know, here I am, I, I'll take a hit, and I find that it helps me be more mellow because people in Texas are not New Yorkers and they don't feel comfortable around a New Yorker who's just like, whoa, you know, I'm on all this caffeine. I need to like calm myself down and it makes people, I can see them feel safer. Like they feel more safe around me when I'm just like, 
oh yeah fuck yeah like I just I'm like that and also the weed helps you know what I mean it, it gives you little insights and but I take a tiny hit so that I can um handle it right um this must have been very strong weed right so because I uh we're all on this patio it's like uh 40 people on a patio who are all trying to be extremely cool. I mean, some, some people are genuinely enjoying themselves, and that's when things are fine. But, like, you'll get into weird headspaces on this patio. Like, this is a patio. If you're going to get into weird a weird headspace on any patio, this is the patio. But, like, sometimes if you're around the right people, like, if you're in a flow with your friends there, you're fine. But a lot of times you aren't, you know, in a flow with your friends on that patio. You're often, like, a lot of times you're trying to get into a flow with people who it's difficult to get into a flow with. Like, it's very difficult on that patio sometimes. And so you, and you can get all scared. I'm not the only one that thinks this, so fuck you. Uh, but yeah. The weed hit, started to hit me very hard. And I started to get like, oh boy, fuck. I gotta get the, f nope, I gotta get, I can't. You start to kind of um, wonder if other people are kind of thinking the same, th if other people are freaking out. And you're like, I'll do this thing in my head. Like, I get like very, uh, almost like I can read everyone's mind. Like, if I'm really tripping. And I'll get into this thing where I'm like, okay, Christy. Like, in my head, I'm like, okay, if the person next to you is freaking out like if you're reading their mind correctly and they are freaking out then like right now like right in a second they're gonna kind of uh clear their throat or breathe or like sigh deeply and they do bitch i'm always like okay well if they did if i am reading their mind right they're gonna say something on along the lines of this within three seconds and i go okay all right and then one two three they say it and so it always confirms to me that they are freaking out, that they are thinking the thing that I, by the way, am most fearful of. Like, it's, this was a freak out. This was a negative freak out. So, that, like, I'm, I'm afraid that the person next to me is, like, feeling awkward around me or something. I'm like, oh, they don't like this. They don't like being around me. And then I'm like, okay, if they don't like being around me, they're going to shift or whatever. They're going to shift and one, two, three, bam, and they shift. They shift their feet. They, like, move around. You know, whatever. So I started, like, things like that always happen, and um, I was like, okay, I gotta get out of here. This is not gonna be good. This is gonna take at least an hour. This isn't, you know, so let me go. So I went in, and there's a band playing. This is a band of, there's three, it's three guys who I know. I'm friends with them. They are somebody, they're a band that plays for all the comedy stuff. They're the comedy band, but they're not, they're like a normal music band. Anyways, I'm like thinking to myself, oh, it's correct for me to go watch the band. That's what is appropriate to watch the band. Like I'm high. I should be watching the band. So I go and I pretend to try to watch the band. And notice the word pretend, right? I'm like pretending to try to watch the band, you know, 
So this is like fake movements, and we're getting to a point here, so just like, these are fake movements of like, here I am faking trying to like hang out with people that kind of I, uh, it's not really actually supposed to be a priority for me to hang out with them on this patio. It's kind of a fake thing. Now I'm faking pretending to watch this band for a while. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, oh my god, people know. Why am I watching this band? It's weird. When I, for a second, I actually do watch it. And I'm watching three of my friends singing and like behaving like they're really professional like band people and they they have a sexual kind of band they're like oh they're like that and I'm like watching them be all like sexual into the microphones together and I'm like it's three guys like I'm just like tripping out I'm like I don't like watching them do this like it, it trips me out um because I get negative, like, I'll, I was in a negative, uh, you know, spiral, like, look, you know, you have to confront things, you know, confronting it, this is a negative spiral that I was in, anyways, so I'm just like, Jesus, what am I doing, like, should I, I was thinking, like, I need to just run away, I need to just run away, like, I gotta get out of here, uh, one of my friends who was in the building, was, like, my closest friend, and even, I, I was, like, even thinking of texting them to be, like, please, I need you, or something like that, and I was, like, I don't even feel comfortable doing that, like, I don't even feel comfortable telling that person that I'm freaking out. I just need to personally run away, and I was, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I have another, um, comedy spot coming up in, like, 30 minutes, you know, I have, and then an hour from then I have another one. So I'm just like thinking, okay, uh, I'm like considering my running away options now. I'm like, oh my God. And I suddenly realize, oh wait, I haven't, um, uploaded my podcast onto YouTube yet. Like I need to still do this, these pieces of work. I've been working all day up until I smoked the weed. All of it was work all day long, and I, I love my job, I love working, and all day long, it was about, okay, you know, gym, reading, writing, you know, podcast, you know, just all these different things, you know, comedy, 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 and then I go up, and I say hi to a bunch of people, which is, you know, I, I eat a salad really quick, I, and as soon as I smoked the weed, it was more about the, uh, pretending suddenly and the vibe and the pretending from the time that I smoked the weed to the time that I am now was sitting there realizing this I hadn't uh, done any work I was just like trying to pretend to chill like to just be a chill person and chill out and um, maybe let's say as a type A person Maybe chilling doesn't bring me into the right mental patterns. Because I'm, I'm chilling and I'm just like, whoa, what the fuck is all of this? Like, you know, I watch my three guy friends on, in this band be all sexual. Like, 
it was just tripping me out. The sexual band thing and uh, the awkwardness on the patio. It just all tripping me the fuck out. And I was like, help me. Um, so so suddenly, suddenly I realized, oh shit, I need to post this YouTube video. Like, I need to get back to work for a second. I actually need to do this thing. It's because there's a deadline for it, right? I want to do it by the time, you know, by midnight. Um, and I have 30 minutes before my next spot, so I need to do it now. So I start doing it. By the way, I'm high. It takes me forever to, like, figure out how to post the YouTube video. I keep, like, pressing on to the wrong, like, pages on my phone and just, like, staring at them and being, like, and, it, like, maybe 10 minutes later being, like, oh, this is the wrong page to be on right now for this, like... <laughs> It's like, yeah, it was hard to post a YouTube video, but I did it. You know, I, I made the description, I put the thing, I did the settings, I, I did the YouTube video. And then it became time, I finished the YouTube video, and it became time to walk to my next comedy spot, to the next building. So I did. Um, and there's a point to this. I was high as fuck. Um... I walk to the next comedy spot, I get in, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, I'm so high, um, but I start to realize, what if I go on stage and I don't say, usually, if I'm so high, and a lot of people do this, I'm gonna go on stage, and instead of doing my comedy set, first I'm gonna introduce, guys, I'm so high, oh my god, like, this is the thing, right? What if I don't mention it at all? What if I literally just, and I don't try to hide it, I just do my, I just stay on this vibe, and, but I do my comedy set to the best of my ability. And I started to like, suddenly something in my brain said, yes, Christy, that's actually the right answer. And I was like, oh shit. There's this thing with weed that, it's such a confusing substance because it can be such a dysfunctional fucking wrench in the tires for so many people that they're like having a productive day. You put a little bit of weed in them and they're just like, they're fucked. They're just like, oh my God, no, holy shit, no. And then it, it, weed is so confusing because for some people, they're the most successful people on earth and they love weed and they just, they get high as fuck and it doesn't, it doesn't actually ruin it. They get high as fuck and you don't even know. Three hours later, they do a genius performance. And three hours later, you realize that they were out of their minds high. And you're like, how the fuck? How is it, you know, how is weed this huge difference between people being able to get the best work possible done and people not being able to work at all on it. How is there this big of a difference? And I think I like realized this walking to my next comedy spot. It started to click into my head of like, what if I continue to work without um, acknowledging out loud that I'm high? Like without, you know, because people who are freaking out and, and can't work, they're like, I'm high, I'm high, I'm high, I'm high. Like, they talk about it. They're acknowledging it. And people who are doing the best work ever high 
are barely even acknowledging it. They get on stage or whatever it, their work happens to be. They do their work and they're not even saying it because, you know, for them it's almost status quo, but like they're not even saying it and they're just doing the thing and they barely ever even mention it. They just do it. They just keep working. They keep working. I started to realize on the way to my next comedy spot, I was like, weed was almost this vacation substance of like, I smoke the weed and now I'm on a break. I smoke the weed and now I'm no longer working. Like genuinely, it's like I'm off the clock when I smoke weed. I love to be on the clock. What if I smoke weed and stay exactly on the clock? No break. No um, no stopping at all. No delay. No slowing down. Continue to go do the next step and the next step and the next step of, of work. Just high. So I'm thinking of this. I'm like, is that the answer? I come into the, my next spot, comedy spot and I'm like nervous. I'm like, oh my god. I'm about to get on stage so high. Fuck. Right? But then I'm like, wait a minute. Let me do this new theory that I have. Where I just, I'm just going to get on stage. And I'm going to do my job here. And I'm not going to fucking mention it. That I'm high. Guys. I got on stage. I did my set. And it's... Pff, one of the best sets I've ever done. Because of the way... The whole audience was, like, feeling every moment. I was so high, it was um, slower. Like, I was able to pick... I mean, I already have every word picked out. Like, I already have every word, you know, memorized. But, you know, in my memorization, it was so much easier to just go from each word. Just, okay, now this word. Now this word. And to you know, add the energy and the inflection and all the stuff onto each word and to be in the um, energy of the joke inside of each part. It was so easy to get into it and to be on the level with the audience. After my first joke, I there was a fucking um, standing ovation. Like, the, like, people stood up and clapped and shit. Like, there was, like, a whole successful moment... And the rest of the set went just the same. Like, it was amazing. I did a great job. And um, I was, like, thinking, fuck, this must be what it is. Like, I have to continue to be working and not say anything. Like, weed works for you when you work. I, you know, maybe that's holy shit. Like, I just started to really... And um, it still makes sense to me. Like, I was, like... All night, dude, um, I got off, so I got off stage and some people came up to me. People were very, uh, admirational, if that's a good way to say it. Like, people were just coming up and being like, bro, you, dude, holy shit. Like, people were very impressed. And I'm gonna get into something on this in a second, but, like, people were very impressed. And I just, like, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, feeling this new pocket this new potential of success now that I just realized of weed. I, weed is just something that I think about all the time because people are constantly smoking and that there's just this whole thing of like 
whether to weed or whether not to weed. Just constantly in my in my industry and maybe in everyone's industry, honestly. Just like, does weed help or hurt? Just such a such a hard question to answer for a lot of people. And so I was like, oh my god. And um I go to my uh I do more work. I like I had to do some extra stuff on the YouTube thing and I had to do some extra stuff. I keep doing work and I keep going. And then I go to my next um uh, building my next comedy venue to do the next set and people there are like liking my vibe you know like they I I have this um I'm not on a break anymore v energy of like even if we're in a conversation it's kind of a productive conversation like no more just hanging out conversations no more just chilling conversations it's going to be a productive one because I'm a fucking productive person like it was like that but the weed made it still chill and everyone was like constantly you know offering me drinks like I just felt like and I'm going to get into this but like I just felt like oh my god this is like I feel this pocket of like if you keep working <laughs> And staying in it, the weed is actually helping. But if you if you let the weed take you away from work and you're just like, oh, I'm just, hey, I'm just chilling. Remember, I was pretending to watch the band. I mean, what is that? Pretending to chill? I'm never chilling. If I'm chilling, it's a pretend. I'm never chilling. I swear to God. I swear to God, dude. I just, I'm never chilling. The most I'm ever chilling is if I'm like, either tanning you know or like literally meditating like with an alarm on like I'm not chilling like I'm if you see me chilling it means I have an alarm for 20 minutes of meditation like you know or I'm pretending right so I'm never chilling and so to smoke weed and then like try to chill it's just not who I am it's not me and so of course it brings me into these weird mental states where I'm like freaking out because it's just not natural for me to eat to be you know sitting there pretending not to think about anything like it's insane so I don't know man like I don't know how many people like you know if say a lot of people listen to this I don't know how many people would relate to that I don't think it's that many but I have to, I have to keep it real. Like, I gotta keep it honest so that anybody who does relate is like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, you know, I relate. Like, this is for anybody who fucking does relate, you know, to that. But now let's go back to the fact that I did a really good set. And then the fact that I come off stage and everyone's, like, really admiring me. Um, and shit. My ego is scary to me. Like, I don't know what kind of, uh, what a narcissist is and, like, that whole thing. What being conceited is and that whole deal. But it can be tough. Like, and it's, it's more of, like, a, I've done enough LSD in my life where, like, it's, like, a bad, it's, like, a scary thing. It's, like, a horrifying thing to me. Um... And so that was like happening to me. When I got off stage, there were some people that were really um, 
stroking my ego and that's great. You know, it was nice because it was proving to me that my set was great. Like it was helping, but also it was like, I was really battling my ego. Um, because I'm, I happen to be like, I'm a pretty attractive girl and there's a, you know, there's a lot of stuff like when you're, this ties, it ties into like people who are like, uh, extremely white or something that they'll be like, Oh, the world must re revolve around me because whites are white. People have been the best in history. And here I am a German blue eyed girl. Like, you know, it's, it's easy when the world seems to literally revolve around who you were born as. And then you're like, oh, maybe I am the star of the show. Like, I'm not putting myself as a white person here. I'm, I don't have blue eyes. Like, that's just, I don't know if that was a, extremely random of a thought. But, like, I just, I had, a, I had this best friend who was a German blue-eyed girl. And after years of knowing her, like, she actually said the most racist thing on earth. Like, like about how, like, genuinely darker race, you know, basically darker races are actually genetically inferior in their brains. Like she like literally said that. And I was like shocked and I was like trying to argue against her. And I was thinking, you know, of course you would say that because you are a German blue eyed girl. Like she kind of has this egocentric thing of like, she kind of struggles with the fact that maybe she's the star of the goddamn show of the universe. And it's like, of course you would think that, that you were born, you know, you're, you're wondering if you're the star, you know, the star of the fucking show, and you, you happen to be the person that the whole world is, like, a little bit revolving around, like, so of course you're like, hey, all of these fucking other marginalized, literally, people, maybe they are literally in the margins, in the fact that maybe they are actually inferior, like, there's this way of, that that can happen. I'm putting myself in a very different category of just the fact that it can be, like, I, I, I at least identify that situation. She didn't even identify. But, like, it can be weird of, like, be, being an American, you know, being born as an American. You can be, you, you really are, like, a lot of times you really think, like, uh, of course I am. Of course I'm an American. I'm the fucking star of the show. Of course I'm an American. Like, that's how it works. Like, you kind of... But you don't, you, you start to let, you, you feel like almost people who weren't born in, in America deserve that. Like, they, no, they, yeah, they're a fucking, you know, fuck them. You know, they, that's, this is how it is. Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm the center of the goddamn stage. Like, you, you think things like that sometimes and you have to be like, you have to battle that and be like, no, Christy, no, no, that's not what it is. Stop it. That's your you know, that's your little human nature thing coming out, like, no, that's not what it is, it's just the luck of the draw, it's no, stop it, and that's your ego, uh, being, like, being attractive, and, like, you know, I really work on, I really work on being, like, a good person, and, like, a fun, cool, entertaining person, sometimes I hit it, sometimes I hit this, so sometimes I'm suddenly, like, a really cool, good person who's extremely attractive. Did I just say extremely? 
I it's late. And so and sometimes people notice that like I'll hit it. And um that can be a really big uh ego battling in those moments I'm happy that I am winning like that I'm doing a good job like obviously I'm trying to work constantly on being perfect aren't we all like <laughs> I'm literally I'm trying to work on being a perfect person I wake up in the morning and I like brush my hair and I whiten my teeth and I floss and I like do all this skincare and I I do squats I I write, I fucking journal, I meditate, I, I try so fucking hard to, like, be a perfect person. And, um, when I really hit it, and I'm, like, recognized for it, I'm happy. I'm like, oh, look at this, I'm doing a good job, this is great, I'm doing a good job. But then, um, what's interesting, I think what, and I think a lot of people who are, genuinely very successful full would agree with this where they're they're hitting it in a consistent way i mean imagine people that are hitting it in a consi consistent way they're very successful the big problem is that people when you recognize when you recognize people come up and stroke your ego and it's great for a second because you're like oh good this is proving that i am doing a good job it's proving that i am doing a good job but it immediately becomes too much. Like, literally, so fast, it becomes a lot of stroking of the ego. And you start to be like, ah, fuck. It, like, battling your ego. Like, you start to be like, <laughs> feeling this weird, you know, and this is coming from, you know, it's just something that I've struggled with. I... I wrote down today something that I... Let me see if I can just... Sorry. Got to turn on a light. Sorry. It's going to be three beeps. Okay. How many beeps is it going to be? Okay. Sorry. Um, I wrote down today something that I heard. We are overwhelmed by our own power. Um, and this is... Somebody was talking about the fact that... Um, People who are depressed, you know, genuinely having, like, mental issues, like, depressed and anxious and stuff, they're often people who don't go exercise, like, they don't work out, they don't do all of the things. I told you, I, you know, I do so much shit, and it's like, anyways, uh, being overwhelmed by our own power, it can lead you to being, like, you know, hiding under a blanket, or, like, just freaking out, and, like, you know, drowning yourself in different drugs and stuff like that because you're so scared like it's kind of scary for some reason like you might think that when I'm suddenly being recognized for like hitting perfection well you might think that uh me saying oh I had an ego trip that might sound like I was really perfectly happy and excited and just jumping for joy like I'm perfect, like, screaming, but instead, it's actually a lot of fear, like, it's a lot of actual, like, uh, a, tr a bad trip a little bit for me, and that's not good, like, I need to fix that, but we have to go through, I mean, um, 
is this a comedy podcast? Like, I'm just kidding. It's literally one point, but it's like, it's like my biggest point and it's hard to like talk about. So it's taking a long time for me. But, um, like we're overwhelmed by our own, by our own power. So like every single day, medit, you know, meditating for a long time is, it's hard, you know, and like doing weight training and stuff. It's hard. Like you need to do daily activities that push yourself, that humble yourself you know, doing things that are disciplined activities to humble yourself and like show you, you know, you know, not only does it do so much other stuff, not only is it healthy, you know, and all these things calms you and stuff like that, but it also humbles you in it. Um, it gives your, it shows your ego reality, you know, and it keeps your ego in place. Right. And, um, just kind of being able to humble yourself and, uh, what was I even fucking saying? But like, yeah, so I had to, being high, uh, um, it was, I guess for some reason, a little bit harder to battle my ego. I was like sitting there, like trying to like, you know, tell myself like, you're not, you're not special. You're not special. You're not special. Like, um, and people are treating you special. Like, people are like, hey, like, oh my god, I think you're so great. Like, can I buy you a drink and all this stuff? Sure, they are, you know, incels who are trying to fuck me and uh, different things like that. But, and they're, and they're comedians that are not as good as me who are trying to, like, you know, get closer to me. And that's why they're stroking my ego. Like, there's, you know, all these reasons. But they're doing it. And I'm like battling it, like fuck. You're not special, Christy. You're not special. This is just, this is just fine. It's fine. Like you worked hard. You prepared. That's why this your set just went well. It's not a big deal. Like you have more to do tomorrow. Like there's better people out there than you. Like just really fucking battling your ego, and it's like a weird, um, it's a weird thing. And like, uh, as my um. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about that that much. Like, I mean, sure, humbling yourself, making sure that you humble yourself, like, um, but also I need to make it not as bad of a trip for me. Like, I was think I think even this morning I was, like, thinking about just people who, again, are successful on this consistent basis. Like, there's people out there who are recognized for their quote-unquote perfection on a consistent basis basis and they're getting their ego stro- uh, stroked on the internet 24/7 for instance and just like um how you have to get you have to figure out how to like you have to get good at battling any of this ego trip you have to get good at that and I think it's easier on the internet because it's just like dry words on the internet and you can just be like, oh, those, you know, these words on the internet are, you know, what up, people are crazy on the internet. Hey, cool. It's hard in person. Like, I, in per- I was talking to some people in person and like their eyes are like all lit up and they're just like all, um, the energy, they're like literally sending you all this energy. So in person, it's face to face, it's difficult um, yeah, I I guess it's just something that I have to work on, I don't know, I'll just, like, have to update again, because, I don't know, it's just something I have to, so those are just two things, it's, like, actually staying 
with work on weed. Like, it's interesting, like, working on weed. It's, like, such an interesting, like... Some people are... I feel like some people who would listen to this would be, like... First of all, they're not as type A, so they're like, what the fuck are you talk? Why do you like working, like, sh- chill? Right? There's, like, some people who, like, don't even... Okay, cool. I'm glad that you love chilling. I don't know how to chill. But, um... There's... The people who I'm... The people who perplex me, who are so high-functioning on weed, who work so well, who are so successful on weed, and they're just putting out such amazing stuff while being high. Let's take that and flip it backwards. They're working! They're high and working. They don't, they're not stopped. They didn't stop working. They didn't say, they didn't get high and say, hey, let's not do the let's not do the show, let's not do the podcast, I'm, I'm high, let's not do the, let's not do the session, let's not do the thing, I'm high. They didn't pause. The reason that I know that they work so well on weed is because they were working and I saw that. You see what I mean? These people that I look up to are working on weed. And it took me that long it's always simple realizations that I have. They just take me so long of like, every time I smoked weed, I would basically stop working and just sit there and be like, why is this hard? And it's like, it's hard because it's hard for me to not work. Like, it's hard for me to not do anything. Like, I'm like sitting there. If I'm sober and I'm just literally sitting, staring into space, that's hard to do that. I don't want to be doing that. I need, to, I need to read a book. I need to, you know, write. I need to do my things. I need to do my stuff. So to be on weed and be like, is sitting here for three hours going to be good? Why? Why would I be sitting there? Why would I be pretending to chill? I should, I should be being productive because I don't know why. I just, like, forget about it. I don't know why. So I'm excited to, like, see if that's true and, like, to work on that again. Um, let's go to a joke because I don't think we... This is... A lot of these are... So what I do on this podcast is I, like, work on premises that are not really usually jokes yet um, that are perfect for stage stuff. Perfected for, for stand-up comedy yet. Um, and today, these jokes are, none of them are, like, even close to perfected. These are all, like, serious premises. Like, (laughs) um, the first one I'm looking at is, um, I have this one thing that's, like, a 12-step program on how to be less beta. And I'm just gonna share one step, because I ran out of room on the thing. I'm just gonna share one of the steps on how to be less beta and more alpha. And it's to burp and fart. That will... Burping and farting with no apology is going to make you less beta um, and more alpha. And I learned this... There's a lot of examples, but I really got this hit... hit hard on me when... um, I was in this guy's apartment, and he built the entire building. It's like a 12-floor high-rise in Manhattan. He built the whole thing. He owned the whole thing. 
he's like a, this cool, amazing guy, and he owned the first, we're at the first floor where he lives, and, um, so, so cool, it's like one of our first fucking dates, but the, his apartment is echoey, it's an echoey place, it's a quiet, echoey apartment, we're all nervous with each other, right, it's our first, like, date, he goes into the bathroom, and just fucking farts, and like, let's loose in there, and this isn't, he knows, this is where he lives, he's lived there for a while, he knows that I can hear him, I was shocked, I didn't know what to do, like, I was like, oh my god, should I leave, this is a huge, this is like, the most embarrassing thing on earth for him and like what do I say so I'm like sitting there like re like thinking like oh my god <laughs> and he just keeps he's just like yeah <laughs> in there and he's like flushing and like f finishing and I'm just sitting there like what do I say when he comes out like what am I supposed to holy shit like how do I because I'm I'm somebody who <laughs> needs things to be going smoothly, like, what do I say? And I started to realize this is the most dominating, the most dominant move on earth because he's making me do all of this. Like, I'm over here being like, what do I do? And he's doing whatever he f wants. This is the most dominant thing I've ever seen. This is the most alpha shit on earth. He comes out, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> he, like, comes out, like, it's fine, and I, I think I didn't say anything, I was like, because I realized before he came out, I was like, the dom I realized that it was a dominant move, so I started to be like, oh, fuck, respect, holy shit, so then by the time he came out, like, I didn't say anything, I just kind of, I was just there, like, oh, wow, and he comes out, he's like, ah, so, yeah, like, you know, and I was like, oh my god, this disgusting thing is somehow hot now. He just made, you know, what, diarrhea? An alpha move. I, I was like... I just felt like I was, um, he was the leader all of a sudden. I, I felt like, oh, oh, I, oh, God, like, I've never felt so, because, you know, I'm kind of, um, I'm an alpha, you know, like, I'm kind of, so, so it was weird to be like, oh, I'm just, you know, he's the man in this relationship. <laughs> like, he's gonna do his thing, and, and, and I have to fucking deal with it. Like, you know, it was crazy. Is that funny? Yeah, so that's like a premise, you know, it's like fucking nothing. I was gonna say, like, um, having the internet, you really have everything. Like, you got everything. It's kind of like, uh, being, like, living in a house that's just full of all of the junk food. I've never lived in a house where it's full of all of the junk food. And every time I go into a house where I'm like, welcome to all the junk food and it's just t filled, I stuff my face. I gain like 10 pounds whenever I walk into one of those houses because I'm not used to it. I, I'm not disciplined. 
and having the internet is like that. Like you have to, you have to be disciplined. Like imagine living in a house. Like so many people grew up in a house where there's just like always Oreos. There's just always fucking all of the the best cereals. You know what, what I had to do to even get like one slightly sweet cereal? I had to get all A's. Like so many things had to happen. It, it only happened like twice a year. I mean, so every time I would go on a sleepover with somebody who did have, unfortunately, my best friend growing up, um, who was a girl that I was actually allowed to sleep over at her house, was uh, also her parents were healthy. So we didn't like we got nothing better. Every once in a while, her every once in a while, her mom would make um, cinnamon rolls, and it was literally the best day of my life. Whenever her mom would make cinnamon rolls, but um, that was it. My other best friends were all guys. I couldn't. We never ate at their house. Like they never fed me. Um, and then this other fucking bitch moved in the neighborhood. This girl, I hated her, but I would sleep over at her house as much as I could because her parents supplied junk food. We could wake up in the morning and eat Fruit Loops. I mean, um, what is a marshmallow? Lucky Charms. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. And I would stuff, I would eat three cereals in the morning. I, I would, Toaster Strudel, just, oh, Toaster Strudel, dude. What the fuck? That's heaven. But I would stuff myself you know, because I, I, I didn't understand, like, all these opportunities, you know, and, uh, that's why I feel like Gen Z is better off with the internet, because they were raised in a house, they were raised in the internet, they were raised with all that stuff, kind of millennials, we were more like the person who was raised in a healthy house, and then suddenly we move into this college dorm where there's, every fucking junk food which is the internet and we're just like holy shit and we gain a bunch of weight like it's bad we can't we can't do it we're just like ah but gen z you know they've had cheez-its the whole time right there you ask them if they eat the cheez-its they say nah what you don't? You ask people if you ask Gen Z if they watch porn and they're like, nah, it's well, not really. They genuinely are like, ah, oh, I don't know. It's just like having the Oreos just constantly in there. Always a fresh bag of Oreos. Nah, I had one a year ago. Huh. Really? So yeah. Okay. Let's see what else I just, um, um, I don't know if I should say, like, uh, one of the motivational things that I had to say. I could, I could easily just say it in the morning, because I'm going to do this in the morning again, and I have all, so much stuff, but, like, yeah, because I, because I did the whole ego thing, that was, like, a very long, that was, like, a 30 minute long talk that I gave you. Um, and I feel like it's not relatable, but, uh, 
this is another thing about the internet of like, I, uh, last year about around this time, actually, I like started trying to study Twitter. Like I like got onto Twitter and I started to try to read everyone's tweets and like get into that world. Cause some people are in the world of Twitter and they're like actually, you know, reading the top tweets like every single day, all day. And I don't even know, I didn't even know anything about the world of Twitter. So I like, uh, I spent like three hours a day at least reading Twitter on purpose. I like wanted to figure it out. Um, I would like, there was like a little list of the top tweets every single night. And I would use those to read whoever tweeted them. I would read their full account of like the last tweets that they made for days. And it was a lot of like mentally ill women and shit. It was a lot of like LGBTQ, just so many LGBTQ, a lot of trans black women spend their days and I'm not even being like rude. Like I, this is my research is like a lot of trans black women are tweeting 400 times a day. And it's like a lot of, uh, not that good. The tweets are not that good. Uh, dude, to sustain 400 tweets a day, I feel like it's really repetitive. I, I just, it was, it got, it was crazy to like see that world that, you know, there's a lot of academics who are kind of tweeting out like um, excerpts from their writings and that kind of thing. And then there's just this huge LGBTQ world in there of just people that are constantly... There's a lot of um, people complaining about misogyny. And it would really get me caught up because a lot of it would hit home and I'd be like, Oh, you're right, men suck. You know, and just... But it would... It was unhealthy. Like, I could feel, like, it affecting me. And um, what was other things? Yeah, a lot of, like... There's so many black women, even not trans, but also just black women, too, who were straight. It, se it seems like they, they tweet a lot that they never see any other human beings, that they, they stay home. They tweet this a lot. They're like, I don't need to talk to anyone ever again. Like, I, I, I'm in my bed, and I've been in my bed for three months, and I, I'll never go out again. Like, they, they, they would, uh, they stay home alone and tweet 400 times a day. And they're, like, beautiful. They, like, post pictures of themselves that they're, like, a beautiful black woman. And they, like, just say all this stuff about, you know, about it. Um. It was weird. Uh, the motivational people. It was crazy because, you know, I did this for, like, a month and I maybe two months and after after the end of the two months like it's just crazy how repetitive the twitter world is like the motivational people it's just constantly this uh this fuck your haters forget about your haters uh just focus on you just forget about your haters just focus on you forget about ha your haters just focus on you just this constant Rep rep repetition.
Um, and by the end of it, I, I, I couldn't handle it anymore. Like, I couldn't stand another tweet. It's like... And the thing about it is these people are doing it still to this day. You check back and there's still the 400 tweets again today. You know, these people are, tw you know, 20 tweets a day at the minimum. It's like... It's interesting when you see people being able to, like, keep something up that you could never in a million years keep up. Like, you're like, I, I can't see how you do that. And they're like, really? I, I'm still doing it. What the fuck? Oh, am I making any sense? Um, see how these are not, like, anywhere near... There's no punchlines with these things. Um, how much time? Do I have enough time to just say? Yeah. I was sitting next to this blind guy. There's a blind guy that goes to a, a lot of our stuff. And he's like really, he has a lot of clout. He's really like a, a big deal. He's this blind guy. And, um... But during, like, after parties and stuff, no one is actually really hanging out with him because it's kind of, it's kind of hard to hang out with a blind guy sometimes, you know? You don't actually want to party with him. You want to go party with the hot people for a second. Like, you, so, I actually sat next to this blind guy for a while at this party, um, as charity, like, I was, like, in my, in my head, I was genuinely, like, for, uh, he's awesome, he's nice, but, like, you know, in my head, I was thinking, like, oh, let me spend some time with, you know, to help him feel better, you know, this whole, I sat down to hang out with him for a while, hey, what's up, man, hey, how are you, you know, you know, the whole talking to him, and, uh, I go hard on that because I really want to make sure that it, it seems sincere. So I, like, stay for a while. I, I really go hard. I do not want it to seem insincere. That's the worst. When people try to do a, for instance, kind of charity, social charity, and it seems insincere, you just went backwards, bro. Like, you, you thought you were helping and you were actually hurting. So if you're going to do a slightly insincere, like, form of social charity, you better fucking make sure that it doesn't seem insincere. Anyways, so I went really hard. I stayed with him for a very, you know, least 15 minutes. And, um, towards the end of it, uh, there's all these other people that are kind of doing the same thing. They're kind of checking in on him for a second. But they, like, leave quickly and... Um, the conversation that they have with him is not too high quality. And you have to, like, you have to focus, when you're talking to a blind guy, you have to focus on the fact that his experience of the conversation is only auditorial and, like, you know, maybe he can smell your breath and he can kind of feel that you're around. He can only kind of hear you. He's not, most of what we experience in our interactions is actually visual. He's not getting any of that. So you have to make sure that you know, he's not getting my body language. He's not getting my eye contact and my little smirks. He's not getting any of that. So, for
for me to maintain a high quality conversation, I have to keep the inflections. I have to keep the, I have to keep, I have to make my sentences complete. You know, I can't just stop my sentence in the middle and be like, you know what I mean? You know, I can't just stop my sentence and be like, ah, and get distracted or anything like that. But you notice a lot of other people that are interacting with them, they kind of, you know, get distracted. They, they, uh, show insincerity. They're like, whoa, and they, you know, go away and they go away a lot. And so it's very low quality interactions that he's getting from them. Whatever, you know. But I'm just kind of noticing, like, oh, you know, got to make sure that mine is high quality just so that, uh, you know, just because I really want to provide a sincere, you know, I want to do this. Like, I care about, I, you know, I like this person. I want him to like me. Like, I care. And anyways... <laughs> Somebody else kind of leaves in the middle of their sentence. And suddenly he says this to me. And he says it very uh, genuinely, bro. With real resentment in his voice. He says, The sighted, the sighted, are such assholes. And he said that the sighted are such asshole holes people with sight are such assholes Duh, bro it like hit me bro when he said that i was not expecting that and it, it like it was really genuine you know like it was a very genuine moment by the way he's a black man he knows that he why would i say he knows he's a black man because he's blind i like he he's a black man and why I say this is that that the the angry the resentment in his voice when he said that the sighted are such assholes was really an equal type of resentment as if he was saying damn white people are such assholes like it was very this equal thing of like yeah we're us sighted people the world is made for us. It was like this very, you know, this crazy moment that I had to like soak in before I, I like before I could respond. I was like just dealing with all of the ramifications of what he said. I was like, man, you know, the world is made for sighted people and we are enjoying it. And we and he is marginalized in his blindness. Uh, the world is not made for just somebody who doesn't have sight. Um, and we don't care necessarily. Like we are just like really enjoying our shit and we don't really care about him. Dude, this is only the beginning of the ramifications of what he said, you know? Also that, Again, it's like we're giving him such low quality conversations. So he's sitting there in his little bubble of existence, his little personal space. And his whole life, he's been blind. His whole life, 
his existence is this, um, you know, not a picture book. It's not a picture book. There's no picture. It's just the words. It's just the philosophy. It's just the wording and the, and the lyrics. The sounds. And words are much more sincere than pictures. I just feel like his idea of a good um, kind of conversation, of a good relationship, of a good interaction is probably way more wholesome than the idea of a sighted person's good conversation, good interaction, in the auditory sphere at least. He needs a sentence to be whole. He needs... He needs presence to be very felt and whole and clear and uh, thoughtful, considerate. He needs that for it to feel like it's good. For it to feel like it's a good conversation and a good interaction. Sighted people don't need that because we can see each other's eyes a lot and we can kind of we can be like oh you know we're we're doing all this other communication you know and so you know I can have a very great wholesome conversation with someone that auditorially is only like the word yes <laughs> or is only like the word water and everything else can just be us smirking and shrugging and moving around and pushing each other and dancing around. Like, everything else can be kind of more in the sighted realm. But, but he, he needs, like, uh, more than that. So, it, it's, I don't know. People are probably coming to, uh, pe people in general, humanity, life. Humanity is probably coming across as a bunch of fucking assholes to him. Because just so much of our good communication is being lost. And all the auditory is, is often very cut off, actually. So he's hearing a lot of cut off, weird inflections. Nobody... Nobody's good at talking. I was t saying this yesterday on the podcast. Nobody's good at talking anymore. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Ever since I became a comedian, I, like, talk to normal people. And, like, there's a lot of, uh, I think they don't practice talking that much. So th th there's a lot of, like, clear communication that they're not able to do. They're not able to really just clearly communicate their thoughts and expressions. Um... I don't know, man, but I responded to him, like, I thought, I, I was like, oh my god, the sighted are assholes, and I just responded to him, like, okay, yeah, you know, you know, I think what it is, is, uh, we're more distracted, because we have so much going on, so much, so much other stuff going on that we have to, like, take in, and so we're very distracted, and I feel like you can, you you hear us being distracted and, and it sounds like rude. Um, 
there's just so much other stuff going on. Like, even while I'm talking to you now, I see all these people dancing around. And it, like, takes away from me talking to you. I, I can't hear myself as well because my brain is, like, registering the fact that there's four guys dancing behind you. So, you know, it takes away. Like, you're not going to hear me being that present because I can't be that present right now. Like, there's just all these people dancing. So I'm a little bit less present because of that. And it probably always, it probably just feels like this frustrating, constant thing of people being rude and, and not being present with you. Um, I think that was a pretty good response. But, uh, hopefully people, hopefully, hopefully I don't get blind. Um, if I do, I think it's fine. Like, you know, in the past, I think it would be terrible to become like a vegetable from some terrible illness, you know, just become a vegetable. But nowadays it's kind of like, Hey, look, there's a lot on Netflix. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot on YouTube I could eat Ritz crackers and just get fat. If I became a vegetable, if I became, you know, just blind or just something where it was no longer maybe worth it to just push myself into society as much as I am. And I just, you know, fuck it, lay down, you know, take disability checks in the mail. I'll just eat Ritz crackers and, and fucking spray cheese, dude. That stuff is so good, dude. Get some spray cheese, the easy cheese, and put it on a Ritz cracker. And you will be agreeing with me that, like, nah, it's not that bad, dude. It's not that bad. I mean, go for your dreams while you have the ability. Try to go for your dreams. But just know that, yeah, you know, you know if, if you lose that ability, then you got easy cheese and Ritz crackers. And you got YouTube. Okay. Bye. Thank you.